You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Babylon Project was our last best hope for peace. Well, we're in it now. It failed. In the last few hours, we have learned that warships are coming this way from Earth. Their orders are to seize command of Babylon 5 by force. But in the year of the Shadow War, it became something greater. Our last best hope for victory. My words are inadequate to the burden of my heart. The year is 2260. The place, Babylon 5. And assuming we survive this, how old will you be in a year if you don't want to speak Mimbari? It's like I've always said, you can get more with a kind word and a two before than you can with just a kind word. Please, continue. Only one human can ever survived battle with the Minbari fleet. He is behind me. You are in front of me. If you value your lives, be somewhere else. Hello and welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week we review an episode of the 1990s sci-fi TV classic Babylon 5. This week, Season 3, Episode 10, Severed Dreams. Is wrong because that is the second one, and I've gone and got it. I see. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah, got the, on episode nine. I've got the wrong sheet. I've got the wrong <laughs> it's sheet. It's all one big long episode. It's a feature length episode. It is. Yeah. <laughs> this week, episode three. Episode three. This week, season three, <laughs> episode nine. Shut up. <laughs> Subsection four, paragraph three. <laughs> this week, season three, episode nine. Point of no return. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And And we we are the Epsilon 3. And the synopsis. When President Clark dissolves Earth's Senate and declares martial law throughout the Earth Alliance, the command crew must find a way to stop Nightwatch from taking over Babylon 5. And Londo receives a prophecy from Emperor Turhan's widow when she visits the station. Written by JMS and directed by Jim Johnson, this episode was released on February the 26th, 1996, and takes place from April the 8th to April the 10th, 2260. And the guest stars, somebody called Magil Barrett, Magil Barrett, no, don't know her, no, as Never heard La- of her. No. Lady Morella, Marshall Teague as Talon. Vaughan Armstrong as security guard number one, Louis Arquette as General Smiths, Ed Trotter as General O'Reilly. Always wondered what happened to Radar. He's made general. Very good. In fact, he made Lieutenant General O'Reilly. Jonathan Chapman as Passing Mimbari, Maggie Egan as the ISN anchor, Milton James as Centauri official, Gunther Jensen as Nightwatch Guard, uh, Tony Rayner as Man, and of course, Bill Blair, uncredited as Alien. So, what did we think of this episode? Oh, it was it was a decent episode. 
I, I've been trying to uh, rack my brain, trying to think of what kind of rating to give it. Uh, does it really give us a lot of information? Yeah, it, it sets up a lot of good stuff with uh, Lady Morella's prophecy. Uh, we're finally getting into the whole uh, Londo backstory, I guess you could say. Uh, we finally get some fighting between the Earth Force factions. It's, uh, it's starting to set things up. Like, I, I, it's a slow burn. Uh, through this rewatch, because I'm being more uh, critical of it and uh, taking notes and stuff, unlike previous rewatches, I'm like, I, I thought all this stuff happened a lot sooner in season three, but it's uh, it's still a slow burn, but we're getting there. Dan? Um, I actually thought the opposite. I thought that actually this is quite early. I thought it was a lot earlier than I thought it was going to be. I thought we were going to get the divide a lot later in season three, and this was still building up to the eventual kind of martial law and we're going to turn on Clark and all this sort of thing. And, and, you know, Nightwatch is trying to take over. I actually thought that was a lot more of a, a longer drawn out story than what actually happened. Um, uh, you know, we've got more Malari, which we kind of already knew, like we already had a prophecy, you know, with the mages whose name, I can't remember what, what were the wizards who kind of disappeared and told him that. Like the mages? Technomages, there we go. Like, so we already had that information. It, we were just sort of reiterating it with someone that we already knew from a different franchise. Um, but I enjoyed it. You know, Nightwatch taking over, you know, this kind of the Night of the Long Knives. Is, you know, there's historical parallels of the, the military taking over from the SS in, in Germany and all this sorts of things and all the other countries that have this kind of stuff happen in their history. I really like it. Um, so it's, it's possibly one of my favourites of the season so far. Really? Mm, yeah. See, see, my problem was that when we when I first started watching the thing, I'm like, wait a second, I've seen this already, because it was Londo and Veer talking about the reports to uh, about Mimbar, and I'm like, mm -hmm. wait a second, am I am I seeing the same episode again? Because it sounded like the exact same <laughs> scene with the exact same dialogue and everything. I'm like, this can't be right. <laughs> and so I watched a little bit further, and I'm like, okay, no, it's different. I, I thought I had put in the wrong disc or something. Mm. No, I mean, I I thought this was one of the, you know, one of the best episodes we'd seen so far. But um, it, it it sort of blends into the next episode as well. So uh, you know, having watched the two together originally to obviously write the notes, um, I watched them again just before we came on air. Mm. Uh, but I must admit, I had them on the background while I was doing other things. And it's all sort of blurred into one. So hopefully reading these notes will get my head back together again as to which episode is which. <laughs> but anyway, let's uh, let's talk about the episode. Londo Malari is critiquing Veer's report about the Mimbari, as Sean has mentioned. He wants it to sound like that the Mimbari are less civilized than the, than the Centauri, uh, not to provide accurate intelligence. <laughs> but of course, intelligence has nothing to do with politics. Well, Best line in the whole episode. That's it. I think we've all seen a bit of that. Just then, a message comes through telling Malari that Lady Morella, the Emperor's third wife, will be arriving shortly. He wants everything to go smoothly, but the Earth Alliance has just declared martial law. Sheridan is being told the news by General Smits uh, that the Senate has been dissolved and that they are on the run, arrested, or holed up in their offices. General Haig has, has had a message for Sheridan. It's all gone to hell, and now he's on his own. After relaying the news to the CNC staff, Garibaldi brings Sheridan and Ivanova up to speed. General Haig is trying to gather enough support to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with President Clark. 
it's bad. Mm. Now, I thought I'd missed something. I swear I thought this was a callback. Do you remember when Garibaldi wrote some messages on the screen for uh, Franklin and there was like speech bubbles being drawn? I swear that there was this scene where Schmitz did the exact same thing and gave the information to Sheridan. But I think I might have just sort of, they must have sandwiched in my memory because I thought that that's what Smits had done as well, that he'd actually drawn the, the bubbles. But I didn't know if I'd missed a scene, whether there was like a cut or an edit or something that I couldn't remember. It, yeah, and it wouldn't be his style, would it? I mean, it's Garibaldi's mm. style to put speech bubbles in after you know, thinking of yeah. cartoons. But uh, mm. yeah, I suppose he could have done something similar and put text into the, mm. into the message, but... Even that might have been found. He just hinted loudly at the bits he needed to know. And I must admit, I didn't pick them up at the time. I took it as face value. And it's only watching it the second time, you see what he's actually doing. Ah, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Short of just like, wink, wink, chain of command, <laughs> check yeah, the papers, yeah. wink, wink. <laughs> I didn't realize the link could uh, fast forward and rewind messages. So that, I know. That was pretty cool. uh, it's, it's, a, it's an all-in-one remote. Mm. Apparently so. Is that how podcasting is done in the future? Just like link, 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 edit, 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 done. All three do buttons done. Yeah, we can do it on your phone. Yeah. We don't have to sit in front of computers and things. Just do it on your phone. Perfect. I'm having that. Yeah. Just to kind of wear your phone on your hand. That's all. <laughs> Zach Allen is informed of another meeting at 11 and is told to bring his weapon. Shikar is singing again, but is told to leave the, the brig as they don't have the staff to look after him. He tells Garibaldi he might have something for him later. Mm, it's very cryptic, this episode, isn't it? <laughs> Which, I mean, at that point, he doesn't know what's going to happen. He doesn't know the one Night Watcher trying to take over. So mm. it, doesn't, it doesn't quite match why Jakar has figured that out yet, that that will be useful later on. He's got fingers in pies. He knows things, doesn't he? I mean, he yeah. says that later on in the, in the episode. He's, you know, when he's, he's saying, I, you know, I want to be brought into this... Uh, conspiracy of yours because mm. you know etc etc et i know things that are going on and all that so he must have a good idea and he must have a tv set in his room <laughs> you know, no he didn't he was singing that's his uh, only entertainment uh, only singing yeah well is that what you call it all right <laughs> there's been a petition you know or he stubbed his toe maybe i don't know one of the two <laughs> he was being beaten up yeah <laughs> lady morella arrives and she is a seer or prophetess she is pleased about the good work that has been done on Babylon 5, as it is a, a direct competitor of where she is from. Does that make sense? It does. I must have, it must have made sense when I wrote it down. It sounds good. I like it. Yeah. Well, let's, let's go with let's, that. Let's go with that. We'll, yeah. go, we'll go with it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wrote this two weeks ago, so I, I have no idea what I mean. <laughs> She's disappointed that there is no one else uh, there to meet her. Sheridan is being reminded to respect the chain of respect the chain of command from the commander in chief. The political office have given the night watch personnel responsibility for off-world security. The night watch are to root out all traitors, and Babylon Five is now theirs for the taking. <laughs> you know, looking at the actors, Enterprise has the night watch, and Deep Space Nine has the Centauri. <laughs> Jakar finds Talon at his door. He wants to repay his debt to Jakar. Malari asks Lady Morella to see for him. He needs to know if he has great things or great darkness ahead of him. There are 
two great quotes here, uh, which I will add in. The greatness is never appreciated in youth, called pride in midlife, dismissed in old age and reconsidered in death. Because we cannot tolerate greatness in our midst, we do all we can to destroy it. Well, there is always choice. We say there is no choice, only to comfort ourselves with a decision we have already made. I thought that was very, very good. I yeah. like that. Yeah, it makes sense too. Yeah. Very, very relatable. Yeah, we mm -hmm. had no choice to do that. Well, yes, you're just trying to convince yourself that the choice you made was the right one. But she will honour his request. In other words, she will see for him. As the Night Watch are recruiting, Garibaldi turns up. He starts to question the recruits and is asked if he is with them or against them. He says they don't work for the Night Watch. They work for the captain, uh, the station, and for him. He's relieved of duty by the Night Watch, with Zack promoted to chief. Jakar has had a revelation. To save their people, they must sacrifice their people. Sacrifice themselves. The humans are the key, and they must turn the key. So again, what's this with the cryptic? <laughs> just, just say it. Tell us what you mean. Oh, God. He was in isolation for a very long time. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Martial law has been ordered on Babylon 5. Lady Morella is having a tour of the Zocalo when the shooting starts at the transport gate at Io. General Haig has started fighting against Earth Force. As Sheridan starts his announcement of martial law, a bar fight breaks out at the Zocalo. Franklin speaks to Sheridan and they say and says that what he did was necessary. And you can't fight the chain of command. And Sheridan has a re revelation about the communication from General Smith. He replays the message so that we can all understand what was actually meant. Our job is to follow the orders of the Commander-in-Chief and respect the chain of command. The political office has assigned responsibility for off-world security to night watch personnel I told you where this comes from. Now, if you've got a problem, I suggest you look upon this as an opportunity, not a burden. The political office has assigned res respect the chain of command. Chain of command. Shikar meets uh, Ivanova in the CNC. He has an idea that will save them all. Wow. Zack comes back to his quarters to find Ivanova, Shikar, Garibaldi and Sheridan waiting for him. Meanwhile, in a quick cutscene, Lady Morella is tending to Veer's wound that he got saving her during the fight at the Zocalo. Malari hands her a cloth and they briefly touch. Morella sees a glimpse of Malari's future and feels uneasy. Meanwhile, Zack meets up with the head of, of the Night Watch to tell him about a ship coming in at 3am with a couple of hundred Narns to replace the Night Watch. He says they will be there and they will catch them all in the act. He tells Zack he did the right thing in telling him. Shikar holds a meeting of a group of Narns. He needs their help. Meanwhile, Sheridan has a wake-up call at 2.30, but he is already awake and ready to go. The Night Watch are ready. The Conspiracy of Light is ready. The Narns are ready. But the Night Watch have been duped, and they are trapped in a cargo bay by Zack. Sheridan arrests them with conspiracy to mutiny and failure to follow the chain of command. 
The Night Watch is a civilian agency outside the chain of command. Orders from the military must come from within the military hierarchy. A senator or governor cannot give them a direct order, and neither can the political office. They are, they are to be held until the order is confirmed by the president. But will the, but who will police the station with no security around? Enter the Narn Watch. With expert timing coming right on cue as soon as Garibaldi <laughs> goes back. We've got some backup. I <laughs> yes. said we've got some backup. No, no, they came straight in on the first cue. Great, great. That's Narn for you. That's it. Always on time. Mm. Morella asks Malari what he needs to do. <laughs> what he needs to do in riddles. Why do they all do that? Just tell them what they, the cryptic again. Tell them what they need to do. Don't dress it up. Don't fancy it around. Don't make them guess. Suspense. Oh. Suspense. <laughs> well, for the what for the next two and a half uh, seasons, right? So, but, uh, but here the full quote is actually in the trivia section. So we'll come back to that later. He will be the emperor. That bit is clear, and so will Veer. This is not a joke. One will be emperor after the other is dead. The Night Watch is disbanded. Lady Morella leaves, and there is a drop in the crime rate due to the Narn Watch. But Shakar wants in on the conspiracy of light. Sheridan says he will talk to the others. In the meantime, there is an elephant in Malari's room, and he has no appetite for Via's spoo. He will order from Just Eat. <laughs> I did like that scene, sort of both of them sitting mm -hmm. there thinking, well, who's going to be the first one to be the emperor? Because he's going to be the first one to die. <laughs> so we'd like some spoo. No, no, um, I'll, I'll just order in. <laughs> Don't you need to be somewhere? No, no, that's, that's tomorrow. Sorry. <laughs> Such a good moment. I love those two. They're brilliant. Yeah, yeah they play off each other very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know what also plays very well? This promo for another podcast right here on the ESO Network. Do you like podcasts? Then you're going to hate Thunder Talk. Tasteless subject matter. Mature humor. Contempt for our co-hosts. Unapologetic social views. Edgy music. And total irreverence for the nerd junk we love. Are all reasons why no one. No one. No one should listen to Thunder Talk. Find us on the ESO Network. And all podcasting platforms. Or don't. Whatever. So, let's move on to the trivia. Four of the ships that were with General Haig have been shot down. <laughs> shot down? Don't they mean destroyed? Because there's no down in space. General Haig is on the run from Earth, and they will be coming to him you know, from Babylon 5 next. Shot down? Hmm. Maybe they're yeah, all about the planet. Yeah. yeah. Could be. Okay, Majel Barrett had met Babylon 5 producer uh, JMS at a science fiction convention several months earlier. At the event, a fan suggested she put in a cameo appearance on the show, and Straczynski liked the idea and contacted Barrett to arrange it. Fans interpreted Barrett's appearance as a goodwill gesture to attempt to make peace between the rival science fiction television fran franchises. There you go. Lady Morella's prophecy is full of double meanings. You don't say... <laughs> she says Malari must save the eye that does not see. But she is not saying I, but I, me, I, <laughs> not I as in 
you know, in your head. She means that Malari must save himself from himself. Second, he must not kill the one who is already dead, Sheridan. When Malari encounters Sheridan uh, in his throne room, he is a time traveller, and killing him would undo everything. Mm. Third, he must surrender himself to his greatest fear, knowing that it will destroy him, meaning he must allow Jakar to kill him, because otherwise Centauri Prime will be destroyed. Why did you say that? <laughs> Wait two and a half seasons to find all of that out. Because that's what it says in the script. Yeah, and you'll, you'll have forgotten all of this prophecy business by the time you get there. Well, I will anyway. Something about Finally, eyes. We, um... Eyes, yeah. Eyes, you say? Eyes. <laughs> Sean can't even remember last week's episode, let alone two and a half seasons hence. <laughs> it's true. The final prophecy that Veer Omolari will become emperor after one of them dies appears to be a declaration of doom. Doom! But it isn't. It all means it is one of them will become emperor, then die, and the other will succeed him. That's doom for one of them. It's a prophecy of saving grace, and I don't think so. It's a prophecy of doom, is it? Well, this for Malari. Veer claims that Zokolo means great marketplace. Series creator JMS made the same claim in a post on the web. In fact, Zocalo is the Spanish word for plinth. It has become associated with Central Square because the main plaza in Mexico is called the Zocalo. The name was attached to that plaza when the plinth to a monument for the 100th anniversary of Mexican independence was installed, covering most of the plaza. <laughs> I mean, that was one hell of a plinth. The monument was never constructed and the plinth eventually removed, but the name remained. Many towns and cities across Mexico now refer to their central plazas as Zocalos. There you go. So, Sean, are there any Star Trek connections? Oh, I was tough to find some this week, I'll tell you what. Oh, but, uh, I, I did. I did manage to find a couple. Uh, so we've got Ed Trotta, who played Lieutenant General Riley. He played on an episode of Star Trek Voyager as Pitt in the episode The Shoot. Hmm. Oh, I don't remember oh, that one. The Shoot. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we've got Vaughn Armstrong, who played security guard number one again. Uh, and he's Mr. Star Trek. He's been in a bunch of stuff. We talked about him before. He's uh, played 12 roles in 28 episodes or something like that. Uh, but then, of course, uh, we were talking about Magil Burt or... Whatever her name is, um, you know, Majel Barrett Roddenberry played Lady Morella, and she is the first lady of Star Trek. She appeared in The Cage as number one. She appeared in the original series as uh, Nurse Chapel. She played Lexana Troy, and she was also the voice of the computer over several series. And she was married to Gene Roddenberry, the creator, the great maker, the great bird of the galaxy. Great maker. Pretty good. So yeah, I found a couple Star Trek connections. Yeah, well done. I mean, it must have been tough to find. Mm. It was yeah. it was like looking for a needle in a haystack. <laughs> so ratings, we rate our uh, thoughts of the episodes on uh, uh, yeah using jump gates five jump gates because it's Babylon Five. IMDb uh, they score those out of ten. That they gave this oh, this one is so far the the highest rated episode. Uh, of 9.1, which equates to, uh, what did I say it was, 4.55? Yes. So 4.55, that's quite high. Mm. Sean, what did you make it? 
Well, Paul, this was a tough one. Uh, I wouldn't quite say it's a, a 4.55. I've been going back and forth trying to figure it out. It's, it's decent. Uh, I, I liked seeing uh, Miss Roddenberry on the show. Uh, has a lot of good prophecy stuff. I, I always enjoy the, the future time stuff. Um, I, don't, I don't know what to give it. Uh, I'm going to say 3.95 because it, it's, it's good. At, uh, it's establishing a bunch of stuff. I was going to give it 3.75. At first, I was going to give it 3.25. But after talking, let's go with 3.95. Wow. Okay. That's lower than I thought. So, yep. Dan? Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed this. And uh, like you said, Paul, I've watched it just before we came uh, to, to record. And I remembered all the scenes. I was a joy to watch it. It wasn't a slog to go through the same scenes again. The Malari stuff felt a bit like a retread. So, you know, we'd already had it there. You know, we kind of gone through this before. Veer doesn't quite trust him. And now Malari has an added reason not to trust Veer. Um, you know, it's stuff that we'd kind of seen before, but it was at least a nice way of, from an outsider's perspective, seeing the Earth's kind of tearing it apart. And so there's going to be fractions and there's going to be changes to their way of doing things. Um, I really like the whole Nightwatch sort of comeuppance and, and that Sheridan outthought the problem because he'd managed to finally get the hint that he had to follow the chain of command. Um, which would have been a great episode title, I think. Uh, I was well. thinking that too. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Would well, that be yeah, too and, obvious? Well, Star Trek, this... Star Trek did it. Why, why can't exactly. that yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There are four chains of command. <laughs> um, but I think Point of Return then should have been the title next week to make it sort of, that's the last moment where they couldn't mm. return. Um, that's it. But no, I, I enjoyed it. And now the Narns taking over again. That's one of those things that are in the back of the brain. I remember them becoming eating for, for Babylon 5 for a bit. Um, you know, crime may be coming down, but maybe cat fights are going up, maybe. Um, but uh, no, I really enjoyed it and I would easily watch it again. Um, so I'm going to go for a solid 4.75. Okay. Now we're wow. talking. Really enjoyed it. But it was sort of part one of part two. Sort of a two-piter is right in the center of the set the season so it's really difficult to have this episode and not think of next week coming up as well yes that's right it, it's it is an episode that sort of merges it, should, it really should be a, a two-parter this i think mm. uh, it flows very nicely from one to the other <clears throat> um yeah i i um i like this a lot i i was trying to think whether it was better than the previous episode we, we watched messages from earth um and my conclusion was yes it, yes it is um but I, there were still bits in it I, I i sort of liked but didn't um i thought uh major barrett was um her character came in and i thought what you know what, what's this this is the b plot type of thing this is the the filler you know the mouthwash episodes between the the, the main uh courses if you like um i'm when she came in, I didn't. I thought there was something not right with her acting. I thought she she doesn't seem to have gelled very quickly with um, with the with the actors, and I I didn't know what it was. And I thought, well, she's she's not putting an accent on, so she's not being Laxwana Troy, Troy or um, Nurse Chapel as such. Um, I just I just couldn't get it. She just didn't feel right. Having said that, she came out with three or four of the best quotes 
not only of this episode, but I think quite a, a long way in, you know, into the most of the uh, of this uh, series. Um, some fantastic uh, you know, quotes. Uh, so that sort of elevated her part, which was really just sort of like, like I say, backing up the, the rest of the, the whole earth, kicking off, factions being taken, fight starting. The whole thing is really getting to, you know, getting, you know the teeth are really getting into the, into the uh, scripts now. We're really getting some great uh, um, storylines, some great action. Um, so for that reason, I'm, and it is better than last week's, just... Uh, because of the, the, the this uneasy feeling I got with my jail Barrett in, in it, um, although, although like I say I do like her in it, it's just there's something not right. I don't know what it is. So I'm giving this a nine point one, which is going to equate to a four point five five. So there you go. So yes, it's um, not as quite as high as yours, Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't want to go too high just yet, because it's getting very, very interesting over these next few uh, episodes, and um, I, I haven't, I haven't found one I can give a ten to yet. Just you know, and that's <laughs> that's the key. Will there be a ten? And if there isn't, then we'll have to shift all of our scores around so that the with the top one that we rate is a ten, <laughs> and the bottom one we rate is a zero, and then we can spread it out better. <laughs> But yeah, it's um, no, it's good. A very, very, very good episode. It just uh, remains to be seen how it uh, holds up against next week's. And next week's, uh, as this is the end of this episode, uh, next week we'll be discussing season three, episode ten, Severed Dreams. Don't you have somewhere to go? Me? No, not really, no. I thought your ship was leaving soon for Mimbar. Oh, no, that's tomorrow. Tomorrow it's going. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. One of you will become emperor after the other dies. Nonsense. Of course. (laughs) I've made some dinner. I'm not hungry. You're not saying that you don't trust me anymore, are you, Lando? I I made your favorite spoo. I'll order in. If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com. That's three spelled T-H-R-E-E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Epsilon 3. Well, if you have any other problems, any other questions at all, just ask. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.